0: Hi, and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester, and in today's episode, we'll be talking about sick building syndrome. I'm joined in the studio by Jonathan Copley, a marketing manager for room automation at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. It's
1: great to be here, John. Sick building syndrome, what is this? Well, it's something that's been talked about for many years, since at least the 1980s. We've been hearing about this, but it's generally been misunderstood or not understood at all. Uh, and certainly in most cases, nothing has been done to make the situation better. So you, you say we've been talking about it, but we haven't been doing anything. That's absolutely right. And of course, the first step is to try and understand what's happening now, Um, In in buildings, you often have high levels of of chemicals called VOCs, Volatile Organic Compounds. And these chemicals, they make people feel unwell, generally unwell. Headache, sore throat, uh, dizziness, just a general bad feeling, causing absenteeism. Uh, These chemicals, they come from many different sources, John. They come from uh, paint and carpets and uh, cheap furniture. This is often a big problem in new buildings where you get emissions from these uh, uh, various things in the buildings, but also comes from office equipment, uh, from cleaning materials. Uh, The levels are very much higher inside than out. And this is one of the features of sick building syndrome.
0: So you mentioned a few A few identifiers, their headaches and sore throats and just their general sick feeling. Are, are there any other aspects or, 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 I can't even think of the word now, the symptoms that you would expect from smart building... Uh, sick building syndrome?
1: Yeah, it's, I think, also good to go back and try and see what's been happening over the last few decades. One of the things is, I don't know if you've noticed in, the, in your office, John, but we're all being crammed into smaller and smaller and smaller spaces to save money. And I don't
0: have the big corner office anymore. That's, that's right. Man. No,
1: not the big fishbowl. But yeah. anyway, uh, we have typically today around a quarter of the space that our parents and grandparents had. And that would be fine if you had proper ventilation, but normally the ventilation is inadequate or even non-existent. So that means that you're in a smaller and smaller space with more and more people breathing and uh, you're getting exposed to all of these things that make you feel unwell. But there's another thing, and that is energy efficiency has made buildings more and more airtight, the need for air efficiency. So once you get these uh, problems with the air, you get bad air quality, you're stuck with it. It's, It's fixed there in the building with almost no natural ventilation, John. So
0: some of the changes we've made in the past 20 or 30 years to improve the energy consumption of buildings has actually created... Uh, a larger
1: problem with this. That's right, and, and that's why the industry really needs to rethink this whole situation for sick building syndrome, but also generally for creating healthy and productive spaces in offices we need to look at much better ways of ventilation in new buildings installing the right sort of ventilation systems and also thinking about balancing the air quality with the energy efficiency
0: okay so some of the things that you've mentioned there the the chemicals the cleaning products the you know the new parts of office equipment everything like this this isn't a new issue but because there's more of us in a smaller space and because we have been changing the way we design and operate buildings to minimize the the energy usage, we're making this problem bigger than it is. We're multiplying the issues.
1: Yeah, and we get a a little bit over focused on saving energy sometimes. We want to reduce and reduce and reduce the ventilation because of course, that does save some energy. Mm-hmm. But we don't think of the value that you're losing by doing that. You, you might find that by increasing the ventilation, it costs, I don't know, a few dollars per mm-hmm. person per year. But you're losing maybe 10 or 20 percent of that person's productivity, which means 10 or 20 percent of their salary uh, is lost in terms of the the value of their productivity.
0: And you've mentioned before in our discussions that the the cost of the people and their their value to the company is sometimes a hundred times more the value of the the energy bill. So to save a few percent on one percent is impacting twenty or thirty percent perhaps on
1: of the productivity. That's exactly right. Just imagine that you're a trading floor of a bank. A very small fraction of a percent increase in the productivity of the people or their alertness can have a big, big impact on the profitability of the bank or in a a hospital operating theatre. You don't care about saving energy. You want to get the best possible uh, performance of your surgeons and medical staff and increase your hospital KPIs.
0: Yeah, it's a really important point that that energy efficiency is obviously and, and sustainability is something that we want to continue to strive for. We need to use energy in the best way possible. But that doesn't mean sacrificing the health or the the productivity or the comfort of the people within the space. We have to have a balance across the two. We can't just switch everything
1: off. No, and this is why you need generally more sophisticated room automation so that all of these parameters are balanced in an intelligent way. Yeah.
0: So don't turn everything down, but understand where you need to use energy and continue from there. Exactly right, John. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us here on Buildings of Tomorrow. Please feel free to comment, like or share this episode and also subscribe to us here on this channel. We'll see you again soon.